I would like to welcome you to Planetary Pitch, the podcast that features interviews with cutting-edge companies in the environmental technology space. Each episode, we sit down with a different company at the forefront of sustainability and discuss their technology, business model, and growth potential. As long as it's tied to environmental technology and Web3, you'll hear from them on our podcast. Tune in to hear the pioneers who are creating a sustainable future, one innovation at a time. I'm your host, T-Rex, and today I'm speaking with Wasabi with Coconut Dow. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be, like, the first guest on the show. Um, so I'm really happy. Um, like, uh, Web3 is a space that motivates me every day, so I'm so happy to be building this space. Thank you. Fantastic. And why are you motivated by Web3? What is it in particular with Web3 that you think your organization benefits from? Um, like I, I've been dealing with tech some, since 2005. My first company was a, a, a voice over IP uh, company. Back uh, I was in high school. I, I was 15 years old. So my first company as a minor, um, it was something that the old system, it wasn't possible for you to talk to a founder or to read a clear documentation on how to use a product or, or a service, or even get to the point where you, you can have like real support. Uh, I'm from the Dominican Republic. Like we are not like a, a main market. So the same rule doesn't apply to us. So now in the Web3 space, the, the feel feels like it has leveled up a little bit because everything is open. You are able to join a Discord and you are able to talk to a core team member or probably the founder if the project is still, you know, in baby steps, you are able to link up with the, with the founder of a project and even create a partnership. So uh, I love how open, um, how great is the collaboration in the space. That, that's, that's why Web3 motivates me so much because people are open to share the knowledge. Like it's not gated anymore. Yeah, I love that. Not gated knowledge and access to people that are part of this project. So why now are you trying to or pushing forward with the Coconut Network, Coconut Down? Um, I, I don't have the why now because, let me rephrase. The why now wasn't the reason because why I start working on Coconut. It was something that I was in my home office as any other day, and my friend came with another friend that was trying to raise money for an agricultural project. And I started asking questions. He, he told me, oh, it's about coconuts. We tried to go to the, to, to the government to raise funds. We tried to go to several meetings. Uh, like they, they, wasn't, they, they were not able to, to get the money to develop the plantation. And I was like, since I was dealing with crypto since... 2012. Um, I was like, uh, it was in the middle of the of the bull market. Like every everything was going crazy. NFTs, tokens, everything was a, the bull run. So 
I was like, well, why don't you try to raise money from, from the internet? You, you create a token. And so he was like, I don't know nothing about that, but if you're willing to, let's let's work on, on this. So the, the idea at the beginning was to just create a token and raise money to fund a coconut plantation. That was before I knew about the Web3 communities. So as I began doing research, I began to look in the internet how to, what's the best and more secure way to launch a token? Because I, I have seen the news, all of the hacks, like a lot of stuff going on in the DeFi industry. I was like, okay, I need to do something secure because I don't want to be messing with other people's money because like I was thriving before Coconut so because I own several companies. So I wasn't like, I didn't want to lose my reputation over doing something that wasn't secure enough for the people. So I started doing research. That's when I found about DAOs. And after I found about DAOs, I found out about the Web3 communities that powered the DAOs and that are there building. Um, that was my aha moment. I was like, because my, my idea was to create a token and then create a DAO. But I didn't knew that you were able to launch a DAO since day one. And that's that's when I said, okay, this is this is the path that I want to walk. And this is this is this is a way going forward. And that's how I end up going to DAO House and launching the DAO in DAO House. Um, using solvent shares. I love the idea of, of not having a liquid token in the market because I'm trying to build something around coconuts. Like the business model for us is not creating hype, um, selling a token or selling an NFT collection. It's to have something stable that is based around coconuts. That's, that's how, I, that was my aha moment because I saw all of these people building. Uh, that was I was like, oh my god, I'm not alone. Because uh, I, I didn't knew it, no one. Like uh, I'm the I, I, I'm the new guy. So, so on, once I saw that the Web three community was there building, and uh, I start researching the Web three, the DAO world. I found out so many content, blog posts, guides, playbooks. I was like, oh my God, this this is this is it. Because they are using open source technology and the knowledge is there. Like people is writing about the experiences, how the DAO, the Lao, like there is so much like that you can be a newbie and you can become an expert if you want to, because the knowledge and the information is there. Like they love to 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 write and maintain these documentations that outline everything. Like if you don't know how to, I don't know, create an NFT collection or you don't know the logic behind, you just go to the Ethereum Foundation website. You you read the, the proposal that they use to create the, the NFT protocol. Uh, and you, you're gonna be, and, and you, the knowledge is gonna be superior than 90% of, of the people because no one is trying to learn those background and, like it's, it's like I said, like that was the aha for me because there is no limits because people is sharing the knowledge. And that was a barrier for me. even at least for me coming from a 
you know, an island in the Caribbean, like access to knowledge, like you, you needed to be in the best places, private college for you to be able to even network at the level that you can network in, in the web please It's crazy. Like it, that, that wasn't possible like 10, 10, 15 years ago. That wasn't possible. Knowing the level that is today. So that was, that, that, that's my why. Why we're three. Nice. I have so many more reasons, but that's personally for me that why Web2. So what do you think, why a DAO over other organizational structures? What makes a DAO different and why do you want to push forward with that? Wisdom of the crowd. That's the key word. Like we, we, have a, we, we have a video in our YouTube channel that we, we launched that video back in uh, December two, 2021. Like, and we said that, like, why, why a DAO and not a company? Besides of there is no fun in creating a company, like everyone is able to create a company. Like even we launched the DAO, even before we launched the DAO, we already had the land, we had the planting permit, we had the farmers. Basically we have the support of the local government at that moment. So we were able to to go to a bank and get along and get get, get and move on with the project. But like I said, there is no fun in doing that. And like the idea is creating something for the community. It's not me creating another private company that is gonna uh, look for many ways to make profit of 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 the people. No, I, I wanted to create something that was community owned, and that's why we went in the DAO way, you got the wisdom of the crowd and it's really easier to scale once you have the framework in place. Yeah, like it's, it's gonna be easier for, for us to have members all over the world. And you have a, a stock of coconuts that you want to uh, export them to the right places and to the right markets and use them in, in the best way possible. And having members all over the world is, is it's a killer because you, you you already have the network. You just need to have someone to come out and say, hey, I want to distribute coconuts in, in Switzerland, for example. Oh, I want to distribute coconuts in, in Oregon. I'm going to create my, my food company. We're growing and we're doing everything away that the coconuts are going to be able to co be compliant with every market worldwide. So it, we're creating something that besides of you as a DAO members ha having control over what's going on with the treasury and the whole organization, you're going to have access to these assets that are the, the, the coconut uh, fruit. Yeah. Community-owned coconuts in a decentralized autonomous organization. Pretty unique and a global project like that. What is your go-to market strategy for enabling a scalable and successful organization? Um. We are focusing on scouting degraded land. Like we don't want to to just take any piece of land that people bring to us. We want to focus on degraded land, land that that is not doing anything. Like that, collecting dust. In, in to be more simple, and the strategy is very simple. In DR, vast majority of the land is owned by poor people, by, by people that don't have the resources to develop any sorts of projects. 
the only way for them is to go to the government or go to private banking. But sometimes they don't even have the the profile to, to get along or to use traditional channels. So we want to build a framework of of people that is on site in the land, uh, bringing the land to the network and having the DAO members with the control of, of, of the DAO, providing the funds and, the, and not only the funds, the oversight and the experience. Like we want to have a token at some point, but we want the DAO members to be the ones proposing like, oh, this is the tokenomics that we should, we should use to have a, a, a liquid token or a utility token based on coconut. So, so far the, the, the go to market strategy is to keep building the trust. We have a, a, a big launch in, in the pipeline. There's gonna be like three weeks because at, at this point, everything has been organic for coconut. Like we haven't done a social campaign. We haven't done paid marketing. We haven't hired community managers, influencer. Like we just letting the people know that, hey, we're here, we're building a DAO around coconuts. And that was 2022 for us. 2023 is going to be around partnerships with other ReFi founders. It's going to be around uh, turning those followers into community members, either DAO members or bounty hunters. And that's that's pretty much the, the plan that we have for, for the year. And... We have, a, like I said, a launch in the pipeline that is, is going to propel the DAO treasury and bring us to, to new heights, including uh, moving to uh, another blockchain from the one that we are right now. And pretty much what you see about Coconut right now is 5 or 10% of, of the vision. Like, we're just warming up and we, we haven't got even technical. Like, we just have it at the website with Hey, we're building a DAO around this. This is the, this is the tokenomics for the B1 plantation. This is how the DAO shares are going to work. This is the utility. This is the core team. This is the the responsibility of, of each uh, uh, people in the team. And oh yeah, we recently made this partnership with the government. So we're just letting people know what we're doing and networking in the refi community and basically learning. We never have asked people like, hey, buy the coconut DAO shares or, hey, join the DAO. Like, people is coming to us in, in, a, in a very organic way, and that's great because we don't need that much of, much of funding like other things because we do everything in-house. Like, if we, we need a new, a new website, it's going to be built by us. If we're going to launch an app, no matter what tech stack is going to be used is going to be, be, be built by us so basically all of the money that we have been raising and all of the money that has have been come from Gitcoin and the coconut DAO has been deployed in the land and in the project like we, we don't we as core team we don't pay ourselves from the treasury we don't we are not looking to make any short side uh, money or value like we are playing a, a very long game and that's why we are creating this framework and we are partnering one with the with the right people like the partnership that we have with the department of agriculture like we're gonna save up to 20 percent of the actual budget that we have for coconut b1 because because of them because they want to provide some stuff for free or they're gonna 
rent the equipment to us at, at the lower prices. Like there is so much going on and they advising us on a technical logistics, like it's gonna be a really big improvement over what we already have uh, out there. So I'm really happy about how everything's going on, to be honest. Yes, <laughs> so great to hear that. And I'm wondering, so with the Dow shares, when you buy these Dow shares, what does that do? Like, what's the business model to have continued funding going? There's coconuts being planted. And what do the coconuts or the trees or anything like that end up doing? Yeah, um, the, the, the Dow shares are backed by coconut trees in the land. Every Dow share is going to be always backed by one tree. Um, so far, uh, the money has been spent in legal fees, uh, permits, and we we hire a bulldozer for our 100-hour uh, service. So we can forecast how, how many hours more we are going to need to clear the, the whole uh, land. So after this, we we made the, the partnership with the Department of Agriculture and they went to the land and they were so happy about the soil, about the the, the type of, of the soil and everything that go, is going on at the, at the land level. And they were like, okay, you need more water wells than you are planning to. And you're gonna need more of this and more, like basically we, we were like, okay, Let's stop for a little bit and plan and use this technical advice that's coming from them. And since they are going to help out with so much stuff, we were like, okay, no problem. So basically right now the shares um, have many uses. They use they, they use for governance. We use them for rewards distribution. We use them for ownership. Uh, the shares are capped at 60,000 shares is the same amount of trees that we are going to plant in the land. Um, it's a one-time contribution. Uh, coconut trees, they they have a four-year cycle. So the, the money that you pay for one share is, is the same money that we need to take care of for, for the tree from seed to tree. So $20 is the, the budget that we have forecast for, for the trees to be fully mature and, and, and bearing fruits. And from this moment, they, they're going to pay for themselves and they're going to sustain themselves for life. Um, and the business model is, is, is really simple. The same uh, shares distribution is the same rewards distribution. So uh, the shares are sold bound to your wallet uh, the, in the same way that the trees are sold bound to the soil. So. Every 20 years, we replant the trees and we keep going with the, with the cycle. And 100% of the revenue of, of the farm goes to the DAO for distribution, and we distribute everything through the DAO. So, so far, the tokenomics at, at a very high level is, sorry, is 100% um, of the voting power is for the DAO members. And when it comes to rewards distribution, 40% goes to the DAO members, 10% goes to the Dow Treasury, 40% goes to the landowners, and 10% goes to the courting. That's that's the rewards distribution. And this is, and the rewards distribution is gonna be based on the shares. But everyone has shares, but only the Dow members has voting power. They loot the 
the founders, the core team, landowners, bounty hunters, partners, everyone else besides DAO members, they have loot shares. The loot shares, they don't have voting power. So basically, the DAO members are always in control of, of the DAO. Uh, and this, uh, this, this design is going to make sense, for example, once the DAO is receiving money, because the DAO is going to have a treasury, and this treasury is going to be under control of the DAO members. So if the DAO members want to scale and expand, and let's say they wanted to buy land somewhere in Colombia or just deploy a, par a, a partnership plantation in Colombia, they don't need to to come to us like, hey, can we do this? No, you have all of the voting power. You are, you're going to be able to partner with whoever you want, whoever that has uh, the best intentions and is a win-win for the DAO, like the DAO is free to do so because we don't, we, don't we don't hold power in the DAO. We only have loot. And the loot is only economic rights to the treasury. So if we want to, let's say, keep receiving money from the DAO as rewards, we, we need to, to hold the, the loot. We, we can't burn the loot back to the, to the DAO treasury. We need to keep the loot. And basically, we are a silent member when the DAO is growing. If we want voting power, we need to buy shares as anyone else. That's a very cool design. I like that. Uh, Thank you. Going back into your previous history, you mentioned that you have several companies under your belt and wondering if you could go in a little history journey from where those companies came from to where you are now and yeah, what your background is. Um, my background is, 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 is a really long journey. Like my first company was in 2005. It was a, a, a voice over IP company. I used I used to provide telephone service because back in the day that was before the, the smartphones. You need to you, you needed to go to an internet cafe for do international calls from the Dominican Republic to for you to save some money on, on the phone bill. Um, so basically, that was my first company. I had like eighty plus clients plus like five resellers, and was. I was in high school, like it was crazy for me to be making more money than the, the even the owner of the school that, that I was uh, taking class, like it was crazy for me. So that gave me a jump start because I was looking at different stuff than the other boys in my, in, in, in my, in, in my class, you can say. So after, after these, um, some laws and regulations coming, and as a minor, I, I didn't know anything about that. So I, I stopped providing the services. I, I gave the, the customers away to to a friend. Then, I I become dropshipper on eBay. I was dropshipping the same equipment that I I used to install in the, in the phone booth here. So uh, as a as a Dropshipper, I became power seller in eBay. I spent 10 years selling on, on eBay. Like it was it was awesome. I started selling this equipment, then I moved to uh, vitamins. I, I had some private labels on Amazon. Like it, it, it was for me all, all about internet money because like I I, I I made a promise to myself to never have to 
to go out and, and look for work like and that's why I, will, I always try, try to do my best at, at whatever I do because uh, opportunities in my country are very uh, scarce. Uh, so after being a, a power seller on eBay, I, I was using uh, digital money. So I, I discovered Bitcoin back in 2012. I started buying some, but not at an investment, but more like a way of sending money overseas, all over the world. It, it was really good. So after I create a, a retail store, using, um, uh, I take over my family business. I create a retail store about apparel and shoes. That was a failure, to be honest, because, you know, market condition, pandemia, a bunch of stuff, stuff going on. And then I, I transitioned to real estate and, and IT service. Since I, I always been in tech, you can say, like it was only natural for me to transition to to IT, so right now I have a IT digital agency. I have a real estate agency. Um, uh, coconut, uh, basically, coconut is, is is like a hobby for me, but it's, it's a full time hobby because I, I don't see coconut like work. I see coconut like something that I'm connecting with people and meeting new friends all over the world. And for me, I have never been nowhere. It's, it's crazy because now I want to travel. Now, now I want to go places and meet people and to hang out with internet friends. So that's a, a really short history. That's a great journey. And thank you for sharing that with me. Well, so it's not just you on this team. Who are some of your founders and what is the background? How did you connect with these individuals? Um, the, the, the one with the idea is Juan. Juan is... I, I, he, he wasn't my friend because he, he was the, the person that came with my friend. So, yeah, um, the other co-founders are Juan, and Jonathan, Herkery. Uh, I, I met Herkery back in, in, high, um, in, in the university in 2008. I met him and we connect like the first day. Uh, I'm a dropout. I, I, I'm a dropout, but he, he he kept going and he got the he he graduated and like he he was always like yo you left the school but it's okay like I know you are you're gonna keep up with us so that that was the, the history with he he continued with the with the journey and he he graduated right now he's a, a geospatial um expert he's gonna be providing esi he's gonna provide all of the he's the cto so he's gonna be providing all tech related i iot for example the open source accounting that we are going to use for the plantation is gonna collect more than 80 data points so basically the agricultural engineer that is carlos he's gonna be set he's gonna be able to collect we're gonna be able to uh, analyze this data Juanda is the chief of operation. He's going to have an assistant for him to do human resources, payroll. Like, we have an all-in-one system because lack of trust is the biggest blocker for funding for in real-life projects. So we are focusing heavy on the data. Data is a new currency, so we want to bring data that you can trust and data that you can verify. 
Nice. Uh, definitely agree. Data is going to be a very big currency into the future. And it's really impressive 80 data points from the plantations being able to utilize those and see what are the benefits those data points can give. What space do you think your organization fills within the refi space? And what are the new contributions to the refi space that your organization is bringing? I believe that due to the stable and high margin business that we are building, there is coconuts. Like, I don't know how much is a coconut in, in your town, but we are growing. The forecast for us for coconut B1 is three cents per coconut, the cost for us to grow each coconut. So if the local market in Dominican Republic is 45, 46, 44 cents, the wholesale market for coconut. So it's, it's mostly 40 cents per profit per coconut. And we are going to produce 18 million coconuts per year in the, in the coconut B1. So basically, I believe that coconut, since the DAO members has 100% of the voting power, that, 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 that's, that, that was a trick because coconut is going to take whatever shape the community members wanted to take because the, the powers is in their hands. So I believe that coconut can be a forever fund. Coconut can be something that is a, a source of financial support for other organizations that are building not that heavily towards a business, but more like a coordination layer. Because if you take a look at us, we're building a business, like we're building something that is going to yield uh, money. And this money, it can be used for good. Like you, you can see us as a superior form of staking. Because right now you go out there and you have some stable coins and you want to stake them for, for a yield. What are you going to get? 20% for a year at the most? And they're going to fail because they, they, they don't have a, a real business going on. Because the business is hype. The business is the user. We're we creating a business model that is, it doesn't matter if no one comes into the Discord. The Coconut Tree, they, they, they don't care about how many people is typing in Discord. They don't care about how many comics we have in GitHub. Like, they don't care about that. They care about us taking care of them and, and, and keeping them healthy. That, and that's what we're building. So. You can you can look at coconut like oh you oh we as DAO member we want to to we want coconut to be a forever fund to fund research about reside. There you have it. Send send a proposal and, and the, the DAO members are gonna vote on this. So that's that's how I, how I see coconut. Coconut brings something that is not going to consume your time because it's a one time everything. And for us to maintain those trees for 20 years, it's going to be, um, besides of really easy, we are creating jobs and we are providing value to the local communities. And the owners, if we keep partnering up with the same type of people and the same type of owners, we are changing lives. 
directly on the land. Like, yeah, I, I love the open source movement because they they enable us to create DAOs with a click. And they are the ones who are changing us and we are able to change someone else's life. So that's that's how I see Coconut. Coconut brings stability and brings a source of value for organizations that don't that don't need to rely on donations. Like I, I believe that resi organizations I, I believe that researchers, I believe that public goods, they don't, they don't need to, they, they, they can't rely only on donations or contributions from the members. They need to, to have a stable source of income coming in so they can keep up with the operations because, okay, we don't have money to give away, but we have the money to keep operating and creating value in others' ways. Because so, sometimes people apply for a grant, but probably they don't want the grant. They want the, the, the exposure. They want the connection. They want the, the network that they, they, you are going to provide to them. So not everything is around money, but Coconut can bring that operational stability to organizations. That's for me to say at least one use case on, on how I see it. I really enjoyed what you said uh, around the staking with products or staking with a coconut tree. And that's a pretty innovative thing where you're having these DAO shares be returns for what the coconuts are producing instead of different crypto economic systems where staking has taken place, such as yield farms or that sort of thing. It's actually, uh, however the coconut market does is rewarding whatever you're share is in this project and yeah great innovation on that one for Thank the you. blockchains that you're developing on are you're currently on gnosis chain yeah we we are gnosis chain but um, we uh, i'm gonna give you some alpha um we i'm drafting a proposal as of right now because i'm gonna propose to the DAO to migrate to polygon because uh, many refi projects are on polygon many future partners of us, potential partners, friends, uh, founders are building on Polygon. So it, it's going to be a no-brainer for us to, to do the jump. And Polygon is, is a layer two, so it's really cheap. And the, the CK roll-ups and all of those advancements, yeah, Polygon, I, I can see a bright future with them. Um, they heavily... Uh, leaning on on refi too, so that's a that's another uh, win. So yeah, we on nothing change right now, but uh, we have plans to transition to Polygon and to upgrade the DAO from DAO House B two to DAO House B three. DAO House B three is wow, it's, it's just awesome. Like it it brings so much more control and power to the DAO members, and with our model where the DAO members has all of the control. Is, is gonna be even better. The, the experience, the user interface, everything is better. So yeah, a lot of, lot of changes coming to the, to the DAO ball. Right now we are live in Gnosis Chain, in DAO House. Um, yeah, we, we are very happy with the, with the feedback from the community on, with the support. Cool, great to hear that. So, so far, what I've been hearing is the reason that you're building on Web3 technology is for 
the traceability of the transactions, so the monetary traceability and the governance aspect. Is there any other reasons that you're building on Web3 blockchain or utilizing cryptocurrency? I believe that if we want to advance, we need to coordinate. And I can't think of, of a better coordination layer than blockchain because you can basically have a contributor coming and providing value to the network and you don't need to go through the proper channels like, oh, we we have to do an interview, you have to sign this contract, you have to come into the office, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm using Web3 because it's the biggest coordination layer. Everything is, is connect. Like, you create an NFT collection for your members and they don't need you. Like, they can take this smart contract and create others community around the, the, the smart contract. Like, they don't need you to, to manage the community. They can launch a new token and they can organize themselves. So for me, Web3 is, is, is the way to go. Like, I, I can't see any other way for us to achieve and to fix the, the, the systematic problems that, that we have. We need to use the technology, but all of the tech, the Web2 and the Web3, because from the Web2, I can say that we need to learn from them how, how they organize. Like, Web2 organizations, they are like the, like, like the military. Like, they are really, really well-organized human resources. Everyone has, everyone knows what, what you need to do. Like, there is no overhead. Right now in the in the Web3 space, there is so much overhead because people, they, they want to be everywhere. They want to try to to participate in so many places at the same time that they they don't achieve the, the same impact uh, as they they could if they organize like the, the Web2 organizations. So that's something that I'm always on the look and I, I, I always try to keep everything in one place, organize, uh, use calendar, use every tool that I can use to keep the information flowing in the right way. And like, we, we are a very small thing. And I believe that we have made some noise in the space and we, we have able to come a very long way. I have seen so many doubts that has died in, 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 in the way. Um, that's not, not, not going to be us because we do everything on in-house. Um, whatever we need to do uh, outside is going to be bounties or is going to be provided by the DAO members. Like the whole design of the DAO is, is so we can attract the right people and reject the, the wrong ones. Like if you are um, the type of people that is waiting for the token price to jump, like we don't need you as a, as a voting member. You need to wait until we have a, a, talk, a liquid token. Like right now, the most important is that the right people is coming into the DAO. Like we, we, we have some plans to build a, a eco resort in, in the land. And guess what? The last DAO member that, that submitted a proposal to be a, a member, he has a, pro a project about eco-villaging in Spain. So 
basically it's like every everything is going to fall to fall in place at, at the proper time. That's how I see it. I love that confidence and yeah, being able to build with your community and the community trajectory and allowing people to do proposals as to why they're wanting to join this organization. And when those proposals are great, enabling them to join the organization. That's fantastic. So I saw some of the partners that your organization is looking to partner with and uh, solid world looked like one of them, which is around carbon forwards, that entire area of carbon that has some impact. And there's also the ability to impact people's lives and the job creation from that. So what is the impact potential of your organization? What would you say? Wow. Like, for us to scale, we just need the greater land. Um, we forecast to create more than 2,000 jobs for the B1 plantation. That's, that's jobs on the land. So if we have, let's say, uh, 200 DAO members, like that's 200 people stewarding, voting, um, making sure that everything goes according to the plan and that we are going able to scale faster. So uh, we haven't measured the impact, but like I said, we creating impact for the, the people that is underserved. Like the communities are going to be changed, changed from the root because we are even like we, we have even researched how, how many people have left the town where we are deploying the B1 plantation because we are looking at, okay, why is the people leaving their town? And they leaving because they don't have a, a job or they don't have a means to, to make money and to, and to survive. So we are creating a business, but we are creating impact in the web two and in the web three because we are taking a look at the census data. We're taking a look at, oh, they missing a school. They missing this, they missing, like, all, everything that we're doing is for the community. Um, basically, the impact that we are going to create is gonna be for the local communities and for the internet communities, because once our framework is test and everything trust the framework is it's gonna be really easy for everyone to open a request in the DAO and be like, hey, I have this land in Chile. Uh, or hey, I know these families that that they, they can benefit from being in the network. And since there is trust already, like the DAO members are gonna get the money or they're gonna prove that the the, the proposals, or they gonna fundraise more money because they know that the, the, the model work, they know the framework is going to be re reliable because they already know how everything works with the coconut B1, coconut B2, or whatever amount of plantations that we end up having. Cool. So what I heard from that is jobs, DAO members, amount of people staying in their towns and the potential for 
kids to stay in school and continue their education are areas that you're going to have impact in and potentially measure. Is there any other areas that are missing from that? Well, um, zero poverty. Like if we if we uh, if we talk about the, the the global development goals, like end of poverty, because we're creating an, a natural asset that's gonna be there forever. And like sometimes people, it's not even about money; it's about education. And for you to know and have the knowledge that hey, instead of me selling this piece of land, I can use this land to create this project and I can keep the land and keep the revenue and provide jobs to the community. It's all about the mindset. And that's, that's the main like the main job for us, to create the mindset. And we're creating a, a framework around this mindset and giving the the power to the people for, for them to take care of, of, of the framework. Like, if you take a look at, at what we're doing, after the V1 plantation, the DAO members can be like, hey, let's dispose of the of the core team. We're going to be holding loot. It's okay. We're going to be receiving rewards from the, from the DAO. And if we want, we can burn this loot to the DAO and, and take a portion of the treasury, let's say. But, like, we don't have that power. After the V1 plantation, because the DAO treasury is going to have their own money, is it is their power, and it's them taking decision on on how to go forward. So, yeah, that's a big thing, improving the state of poverty. Uh, with coconuts, it seems like that could be not very diverse of an income stream. Are you going to tap into biodiversity credits or eco credits or anything of that nature or how could you potentially diversify within your organization you mentioned ecotourism right yeah and uh, we can do eco e e e ecotourism but um, talking about coconuts right now we're just forecasting wholesale coconuts like we are not forecasting retailing coconuts we we have a we are going to build a, a retail supply chain so we can cut the middleman out retail the coconuts ourselves uh, to the supermarkets and to everyone pretty much um, and have retail retail a spot for the people to go and, and buy the coconuts in an eco-friendly way. But besides of these, there is uh, byproducts. Like you are able to produce oil. Like coconut oil is, is the biggest uh, market in, in the byproducts of coconuts. Um, pretty much uh, with the coconut, we can tap in the cosmetics industry, wellness. Even the automakers use the coconut waste, the, the coil, to, to create uh, parts for the car. So um, there is many upsides when we talk about coconut. But yeah, and that, that, that's why we are going to partner with organizations like Solid War, so we can tap into those income streams. Um, like cargo credits, eco credits, impact certificates. Like we are going to dive into everything because uh, Coconut Network overlaps with all of those uh, uh, values and, and revenues models too. Cool. 
What is your current traction? How many DAO members do you have? Um, right now we have like 60, I believe, like 60 DAO members. No, 50 something. I have to check. But we have almost uh, 60 DAO members. And they have bought almost 700 DAO shares. And like I said, that has been organic. That, that's, we, we haven't uh, do a, a single marketing campaign like, hey, we have DAO shares. Come, come and get it. No, no. We are organizing and we have a, a launch uh, coming in. But so far, you, you, can, you can see that the traction more than the numbers of members in the DAO is how the, how the ReFi community and how the, the whole Web3 community is supporting us. They, they are like the validation. Like we applied for a grant from MetaCalter uh, one year ago. And that was like the first time a, a Web3 organization give, give us like that validation. Like, yeah, like, hey, yeah, you're building something good. It's a good idea. Keep building. So after that, everything has been on the rise. So that, that, that's my traction. Like we, in the last six months, we have done more than 20, 20 something interviews with different outlets, outlet, uh, Twitter spaces. We have been featuring so many, like uh, I'm building a, an, a, Mm, I'm building the asking on section for the website, and it's crazy. Like I didn't knew that we have been in so many uh, publications already. So the traction for me is how how far uh, are we from the point where we start, and the fact that we haven't asked the community to to be a DAO member. That that that's my my traction, and that's that's what fuels fuels me. Yay. So for your organization, are there any competitors out there? And what differentiates you from your competitors? There is some DAOs doing something similar, working with farmers. But we are giving the farmers the power. Like, it's, it's, and we are building something for them. Like, yeah, some, some people in the in the coconut network are, are going to be planting trees, let's say, but they, they're going to be receiving value from, from the diligence that we're doing enterprise level. So they don't need to worry about, hey, we're planting or we're growing coconuts, but we don't know who's going to buy these coconuts from us, or, or we don't know who's going to be the buyer, or, hey, can we go to the international market? Like, they don't need to worry about that because we are handling that. So... Basically, you can you can find organizations that they provide the money to the farmers as a loan or, I don't know, they do some sort of deals and they just provide either the money or they provide the oversight. But we are like, like an all-in-one. Like the, the landowners, they only need to have the land. Like we have the, the connections to get everything else since planting permits to every sort of government or legal paper that you may need to develop this type of projects, like we get it. And I believe that this framework is going to be at some point for us, it's going to give us the ability to, to deploy plantations, at least all over the country, in 
all over the world because we, we're building a, a global network. But talking about the Dominican Republic, like we have a, the perfect weather and we can grow all year around. And we have a, a perfect position in the map. So logistics for us is it's amazing. So, yeah. What about coconut plantations that don't use Web3 or Web2 technology and just produce coconuts? Are they your competitors? Um, not really, but they they can be friends. They can uh, join the network. Um, we can work some sort of partnership either for distribution of, of the coconuts or, you know, like we already have a, a business advisor and he's he, he works like with the biggest fruit company in, in, in the country. And he's giving us the instructions of, hey, you need to plant this type of coconuts, you need to plant this type of coconuts because I have the buyers for the water, I have the buyer for the insides, blah, blah, blah. Like, like we are not throwing shocks and we are not trying to re reinvent the wheel. We just want to optimize everything. So if you're already running a coconut plantation, you can benefit from the network that we're building or you can benefit from the distribution or you can just benefit from the buyers that we have, or you can just benefit from, oh yeah, we already have a producer and we are producing byproducts. We're gonna buy the coconuts from you and we can even go to other plantation and get the coconuts off their hands. If they are, let's say, complying with the eco-friendly mindset that we have, let's say. Like yeah, like, yeah, we can work with you, but we, we have some conditions. You need to take care of the trees, you know, this way, blah, blah, like that, all of that is up to down members, but it's going to be always suggested and it's going to be always there and it's going to be public in the known for everyone. So you're going to enforce some of these standards on the organizations that you're working with in terms of environmentalism and community and yeah. being able to be equitable. How are you currently thinking about the collaboration potential with the coconut farms that are existing and also the DAOs working with farmers as well as potentially other competitors that could arise. How would you collaborate over compete? Um, since we are a community project and like we're going to make profit because we're making business, but we don't need to prioritize profit over doing good. So that's that's the, the intro for us. Like we we have the ability to negotiate a deal that they feel comfy and that they benefit from it. And like I said, uh, we're building a supply chain. We have the international buyers. Like we're building a, a global network where we can uh, put these coconuts in. And, and get the most value of them. Um, about partnering up with others now um, that work with farmers, yeah, pretty much um, we are really very open to collab. Um, there is so much synergies, um, a space for collaboration because having the DAO members, uh, the 100% of the voting power it's easy for anyone to join the organization. Like, 
either a, a refi founder or a DAO that works with farmers. A deal with, with the Coconut Network is a win because they are in control and we are going to provide value for them one way or another. If they already have a plantation and they have land, they can use the, the, DAO, the, the DAO framework that we have for Coconuts and, or they can use the data that we have for Coconuts. Like I see overlapping, I don't see competition because we don't have a liquid token. Like we are not competing at the same level. We only have governance shares and loop shares. So we, we are not in the same market as you. You probably are listed in Uniswap, but we're not because we are building with a, with, with a different mindset and a different tokenomics. So for us to be a competitor, you need to be playing by the same rules and, and we, we are not. Collaboration all the way and being able to utilize a network of people that care about uh, other people and the planet. So the government is aware of your project, it seems, to a certain level. Are there regulatory concerns with you issuing these NFTs in the Dominican Republic or any other regulatory concerns that you are concerned with? And how are you addressing them? Well, yeah, at least in the Dominican Republic, we are complying with every law because there is no regulations about blockchain or Web3 here, but we are just operating like any other enterprise, like any other business. We are complying complain with every law. Like we, are, we have a company that, that we created just to manage the farm. Um, the government knows... Um, the structure that we're using. They know that we have a contract with the landowners and this land is owned by 53 families. Like it's not something like, it's not a sacred deal. It's something that the whole town knows about because the whole town is the owner of the land that we're using for the farm. So at least in, in, the, in the Dominican Republic, we save. Talking overseas and worldwide talking, it seems like no one ha has the right answers to, to the questions like, oh, are you complying? Are you not complying? At the, as of right now, the, we don't have NFTs. We only have DAO shares that are Moloch DAO shares. So they, they are not even ERC-20 tokens. They are not even tokens. They, they Moloch DAO shares. So they are not liquids liquid you can't transfer the shares to even to other wallet you can't take the shares out of the DAO so basically the DAO is an unincorporated association because everyone is in the same boat like I don't have more power than you you don't have more power than me I have one share I have one vote like everyone has the same rights and the same access to everything in the DAO. So navigating the global uh, framework we have in, in our roadmap, that, that's, that's a big task in the roadmap and how to stay compliant. Like I said, no one seems to have the right answers. We do have seek legal advice and we are talking to, to lawyers on what's the best way to to do everything so far, the best way is not to do 
<laughs> nothing. It's, it's not to incorporate the DAO. It's just to let the DAO be as it is. It's the, it's the best way right now. But like I said, it's a changing environment. And new laws are getting created. So we want to build a global uh, network, a, a global brand. So for us to be compliant is, is a must. And we, we are going to keep up an eye on this. But talking about Dominican Republic, yeah, we save and and they know what we're doing and they know exactly that we are just basically building a co-op, but on the internet and something that is more transparent. Nice. So what have been some of the biggest problems you've encountered so far and how have you overcome these problems? Um, biggest problem is, is lack of trust. Like we are a very small team. We are building something in real life. Like it's not like we are building a smart contract where you, you can come, read the code and be like, okay, this is, this is a unicorn. It's not like that. So for us, it's, it's trust. Everything is about trust. That, this is why networking for me is, is really important. And I try to be present. I try to learn. I try to, to, to be in the community and to, um, and, and to provide value to the community by being present and helping people with whatever I can in, in, in the spot. So how I, I have overcome this is by making friends, like talking to people like, hey, how you doing? Like talking about what matters to them. Um, networking for me has opened so many doors. Like uh, I'm here today because of networking. So basically for me, that's how I have overcome the lack of trust. And now I have down members that I'll be like, hey, I'm going to the DR next month. Can we meet? And be like, hell yeah. Like, come on, you are a Web3 friend and a DAO member. So, of course, I want to hang out. I want to talk DAO stuff with you. Like, and for me, that's how that, that was the biggest problem for me. And I have overcome by networking and making friends. Make friends. That's what any organization should do really for your funding what funding has the dow achieved to date and what funding are you looking for uh so far we have uh 30 yeah, yeah thirty thousand dollars we have get so far from the dow grants from the dow grants yeah thirty thousand dollars and the aim of, of the b1 plantation is to get 1.2 million dollars this is the budget that we need for the coconut b1 plantation and like i said all all of this money have has has been spent on fees permits government fees and, and a bulldozer that we hired so we we were able to estimate how many more hours we need to work on the land to to have the, the whole terrain clear for keep preparing for for planting um, we, we release a drone video that shows a, a little bit of the work of, of the bulldozer. And if you take a look in the GPS in Google Maps, it, it already shows up the, 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 the side that we, that we clear with the bulldozer. And you're clearing what's on the land? Uh, 
the land had all trees collecting dust. Like, like I said, it was a degraded land. Like, if you take a look at the drone video, you're going to see, like, there is no habitat there. It's just trees doing nothing. And some of them, um, towards the mountains, there is a problem about deforestation. Um, we are basically um, in the path. So having bringing coconut bean one to life, we are going to be able to protect the mountain from people going there to, like I said, trying to get money. They they cutting down trees just to, to get some money. So we are cleaning a land that is degraded and we are going to create a new habitat. And basically after you create a, a coconut plantation that's gonna be there for 20 years, there is no way that you, you're gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna remove this plantation. I'm gonna, I don't know, build houses. Like there is no way for you because you have an asset that is producing value. So I might've missed this, but how much in total are you looking to fundraise? 1.2 million. And do you have a lead investor uh, currently? Like, is there somebody in this DAO that has majority share and is controlling it that way? I was sort of concerned here with the one DAO share equals one vote. If you can buy more than one DAO share, and yeah, how does that work? Um, Moloch DAOs are all about minorities. Moloch DAOs are all about protecting minorities. We have the rage quit. We have the rage kick. Like if a DAO member is misbehaving, no matter how many chairs they hold, like the DAO members can open a proposal and burn the chairs and turn the chairs into loot and remove the voting power of this member. So with the that's the rage quick. With the rage kit, with the rage quit, sorry, and there is a grace period between voting and executing the proposal. There is a three-day waiting time where you can be like, hey, uh, this is a malicious vote. Let me rage quit my shares so I can protect the treasury. Um, if a DAO member is misbehaving, everyone can withdraw the treasury and leave the treasury with no money. And they can be like, okay, we need to create a new DAO. Let's blacklist that, that member that was misbehaving in, you know, um, and move on. So Moloch DAOs are all about protecting minorities because of the concentration of power. Yeah, you can buy, buy as many shares uh, as you want, but you don't have control over the treasury, no matter how many shares you have. And Very nice. If you misbehave, then we vote, we vote you out because we are building a natural asset. So let's say that a DAO member, a well member misbehave. And let's say that we don't have the money to, to give these people, this person, the money back. Let's say that we already spent the, 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 the money from the treasury into the plantation. But hey, we already have a natural asset, something tangible. We can have another down member to bail us out, or we can have the, the, the finance institutions to be like, hey, you want a zero fee loan? Because you, you own a, a cotton plantation. Like, we have so many backups just in case to protect the, the members. We have uh, insurance for, for the plantation. So in case of natural disasters, we're going to have the, the insurance there to, to 
replenish or, or pay for whatever losses that we have. Like, and we have designed everything around protecting the members and protecting the people. That's why uh, for you to move $1 from the treasury, you need to open a proposal. There has to be a vote. And it is eight days. And every time you open a proposal, there is a vote sending notifications to Discord. So, and we are implementing more ways to notificate people. Like we are collecting emails so we can email them with reports. And the open source system, you have, uh, we have credentials for everyone. Uh, like if you want to dive into the, to the system, we give you a credentials and you can go and audit the, 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 the plantation, audit us. Like we want that. We want to build a trust because everything that we're building, the core is trust. That's going to allow us to scale to the level where we want to go. Well, it's been truly a pleasure talking with you and thank you so much for your time. And I'm looking forward to seeing where the Coconut Network and Coconut DAO goes next. Thank you. Thank you. It was like, it was a blast. I, I love talking about Coconut. I, I can be like, like this the whole day. <laughs> Yay. Well, that just shows you're true passion, truly passionate about this project. And with true passion and networking and becoming friends with the people around you, that is what makes an organization go far in my mind. So thank, thank you, you for the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for the interview. Uh, thank you so much to everyone that has been supporting Coconut. Like this is a community project and the last GeekCon round show me that the community wants to see Coconut be a, a reality at the full scale. So yeah, that, that's my motivation on Web3. People is what fuels me to, to do better because there is so much, uh, so many brilliant people out there that is, wow, just crazy.